Hey, Steve. What, John? What word in the dictionary is spelled incorrectly? I don't know what. Incorrectly. Oh, man. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 142. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I'm your host as always. This is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. That's a website on the internet where parents like myself and my co-host come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This week, it's a special show. Number one, we're talking about video games and video games only. I know last week we confused everybody. We mixed it up a little bit. I had an interview with a board game person. You should definitely listen to that if you didn't because it's a really cool Kickstarter. Um, And I did a ride-along interview with my son um, for uh, talking about his reactions to E3. But this week, uh, I have a very special guest. Uh, My good friend, Khalif Adams from Spawn on Me. Um, How are you, sir? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Excited excited that we got a chance to finally chop it up in in podcast spaces. Absolutely. So the the story so I say good friend. This is literally a man I have been in contact with for uh, maybe thirty seconds because I he and I <laughs> almost took each other out at E three. Um, <laughs> because uh, you know, you were coming out of an event, I was waiting in line, not paying uh-huh. attention because I don't ever really pay attention i just kind of lumber around and see what happens and i happened to see your name tag and i was like wait i know this dude i gotta like say something and then we were off to the races because we were we don't get a moment to stand still at e3 yeah Um, true but true uh funny story both of us got our tails handed to us in soul caliber six yeah i got my my butt kicked by by a younger foe uh so i'm gonna blame it again on my age uh, I'm gonna blame it on that and my and my day job for giving me terrible carpal tunnel. Fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna blame it on the rain, uh, on the rain. And, so, and, so, and probably a couple other things probably. before the night's out. So we're gonna blame it on everything. So here's what we're gonna do, folks. I'm just gonna regularly bring up Soul Caliber Six, and every time I do that, he's gonna blame it on something different. I'm gonna yeah. blame it on hashtag Steve is bad at video games. That's what <laughs> I'm gonna do. Um, yeah, we actually have a hashtag about this. It comes up every once in a while because I am hilariously bad at games. Um, I love it. So hilariously bad. You haven't even seen it. But um, so anyway, uh, before I get too much farther, um, I do want to thank you folks for listening. Um, I hope the games that you guys are playing have been great. I know I've been playing some good stuff. We're going to talk to Khalif here in a moment. Um, So we do want to make our show as interactive as possible. So please reach out to me on social media or shoot us an email, message us on Facebook, etc. with any comments, questions, topics, suggestions. The easy stuff is gone because E3 is over. So now until the holidays, we don't really know what to talk about. So we want you (laughs) to tell us what to do. Um, So uh, Khalif, let's get started first. Um, before we go around the horn and talk about some of the games we've been playing, um, yeah. I get to do the fun part when I have a guest, um, because you have your own show. You're not just some random yeah. stranger. Um, and I think your show is pretty awesome. I have been listening to it. I discovered you when you were on Kind of Funny Games Daily, which is like bucket list level stuff for me. Um, <laughs> and don't worry, we're going to talk about that. But um, you have an awesome show that I've been listening to. Uh, why don't you tell me more about it and thus my audience? What's up? Well, with thank you. you for, first, thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for for checking in on us when I was doing kind of funny. That was that was a very very cool opportunity uh, to be able to do that. I'll bet. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, we'll get back to that in a yeah. second. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, well, I, I run a show called Spawn on Me. Uh, we've been doing our show for almost five years now. Uh, we're almost at our 250th show uh, as of probably like in a couple of weeks from now, probably at the beginning of August or mid-August, we'll probably hit our 250th show. Um, but we started uh, because we felt like there was a void in the gaming industry and it was a, a spot where folks weren't really talking about diversity. Folks weren't really, weren't really talking about gaming from a black perspective. Um, and we felt like we had an ability to kind of convey and, and talk about, you know, games through that prism and, and be able to kind of give people of color and, and, and people who are kind of in those marginalized spaces a, a place to shine and, and, and a spotlight so they could be able to kind of talk about the games they make. When I was growing up, that was one of the things that I first wanted to do uh, as a profession. And I was like, I want to make games. I've been playing them since I was three. Uh, so I was like, there's got to be some people who look like me in this industry. And who are those folks? Can we find them? Um, and we kind of started our, our journey there, trying to trying to figure out, you know, and kind of sticking to that mission statement of trying to spotlight those people and giving them a, a voice and a space to be able to um, talk about why they got into the industry and, and, and also share, you know, for the 12 year old version of me, uh, give those kids a little bit of hope to say, you know what, there are people in this business who who are coming from uh, the places that you might have come from and may have some similar experiences and you can do it, too. So uh, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a, a lot of a lot of work, uh, but it's been a lot of fun on on the backside too. Well, I mean that's awesome. Um, I so so you say you've been doing this almost five years. Yeah. Fun fact: I've been doing engaged family gaming almost five years. Um, nice. Just a little bit more than five years. I think this is just um, preordained that we <laughs> that we meet. Um, so um, I would think when we, you talk about the void. As far as yeah. like discussions of you know people of color, etc., um, I would imagine that five years ago, like it, it's not great now, right? But five years ago, um, it was even worse. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> more difficult to find folks, especially because you know social media was was around, but we weren't really. I at least I wasn't really using it in the same ways that I am now to kind of promote the show and, and do outreach and, and connect with people and network and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was in New York, uh, when we started the show, um, I'm from the Bronx originally, um, and then moved out to Portland, Oregon four years ago. Um, and it's, and it was interesting just to be able to kind of poke at folks, even in that, in, even in that corner of the, of the world, mm-hmm where things have changed a lot there too. New York, New York now has a way bigger gaming center than it did when I was there. It was just Chinatown fair, uh, in terms of, you know, a big arcade gaming scene in terms of fighting games. And also there were a couple of startups there, you know, rockstar was there and, uh, uh, Microsoft had some, had some things out there on the indie scene side. Now they have, you know, giant, uh, giant bomb is out there. Uh, waypoint is out there, all that stuff. So like the conversation has changed a lot. And the fact that, uh, people are kind of sharing the fact that they're doing that work, and and now the conversation around diversity has changed a lot. And I hope, I mean, I hope that we help to to kind of usher that conversation in. Um, but I feel like the, even the conversation around diversity and and finding more people um, of color in the spaces that we usually kind of look for, they're they're out there now. Like folks sure. know their names and they're and they are willing to put themselves out there in social spaces to be like, yeah, I am doing this kind of work um, and you should follow me or you should check out the stuff that I'm doing. So it's changed a lot. Sure. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I mean, it must have felt in the beginning. Now it, it's I would imagine because of Twitter being what it is. And obviously you're very prolific on Twitter. Um, you know, I try. 
Well, I mean... I, I, I tweet I, a lot. Yeah, you, you tweet <laughs> a lot. But, I mean, uh, you tweet a lot and a lot of people tweet at you. So, I, I call that prolific. Um, that's how I met you, really. Um, yeah. So, uh, it, it it's a little easier now, um, yeah. I would think. In the beginning, it must have felt a little bit like detective work. Um, or, oh, yeah. I mean... Okay, so so I'm I'm that my guess is correct then. So it was you you really had to dig to try and find folks. Oh, totally. I mean the 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 folks that I remember specifically, even in terms of not even just gaming but but tech in in general. Sure. There were very few, at least black people in those spaces who were out front where you knew and were able to kind of name drop them and say, you know, well Will O'Neill when he was there at G four. When that was an actual thing, when that was an actual channel before Spike ate it up, <laughs> and and then there was it was Engai Kroll, who was a regular on game trailers mm-hmm. uh, with Jeff Keeley, and those were like really the only two, and 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 Phil Moore on Nick Arcade. They were like three, they were like three black people in all of that. There were no women, there were specifically no black women, and there were hardly any other Latino folks. There were some Asian folks in the space, um, but it was really you know. Uh, me coming up in the in the podcasting game and kind of you know all of us I think all of us looked at gaming if we're of a certain age I'm I'll be forty this year, so, so you know I grew up on you know the One Up show One Up dot com and GameSpot and, and and all those places where they had their own podcast we can confirm was a huge part of my life for a very long time the One Up show and 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 all those and Giant Bomb as well so it's like all those things came up and I was always wondering like where are the people like there's got to be somebody. And then you start to kind of poke around and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are some folks here who are who have said that they want to kind of share their stories, too. And it started off just with a wish list where we kind of decided we said, you know, who are the people who we want to go after in the first couple of shows? Um, And luckily, we got some good folks in the beginning. One of them I really wish we'd had on the show later. Later, once once I actually knew how to actually produce a show, sure. because it was the worst sounding audio. I botched it. I didn't have a good mic then. Um, I like I was trying to record the show, and um, <laughs> and I had my uh, laptop mic on by accident, Oof. and it was <laughs> it was the worst. It was the worst. The worst. The worst. So it was like a great get. Um, but it was it was awful in terms of, of like showcasing that person who was definitely known for just their voice. It was a voice it was a voice actor whose name I can't can't remember right now because I'm I'm tired and slow. It's all right. Uh, but <laughs> we'll give you a pass. But it it'll 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 come back to me at some point. Fair enough. Feel free to just shout it out. That's fine. I, gonna, I will scream you it can out. Have a house like... moment and be like you know. <laughs> um, it'll be totally fine. You know what I'm saying when I say a house moment, where you just kind of like yes. look off into the distance, and then immediately yeah. like the Tetris puzzle comes together. Um, yes. Or I guess if we want to be more timely, we could say the luminous cube falls together. You know, I don't know. That game <laughs> gives me migraines. Um, so literally, I just found that out. I was trying to review Luminous. It gives me migraines. I don't know why Tetris doesn't do it. Luminous does. It's weird. Um, That's interesting. How? Yeah. yeah right. Uh, it makes reviewing it kind of hard. Um, I don't have to pitch it to somebody else. <laughs> somebody else on my team do it. Um, but um, so anyway, that's a weird aside. So the so obviously you got this big stack of guests because you've been doing this for five years, two hundred and fifty yeah. episodes, which is just mind boggling. Um, yeah. it's mind boggling for me, and I'm on one forty two. It feels like I just started this yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. 
So um, I'm looking at the so at the website, which for those listening is uh, spawnon.me. Smart, smart, smart branding, right? That's you, right? Yes, right? yep. Okay, that's us. Okay, good. Um, I was panicking <laughs> for a moment because of the Skype delay. You you kind of had like the zero expression. I was like, oh god, did I really like do all this? No, you know, you know why? Website? You Oof. know the funny thing is the reason why is because we've been trying. So we we've been trying to buy spawnonme.com for a very long time and a guy who was sitting on it was just doing like spawn paraphernalia which makes sense it's it's a reasonable jump to conclusion to be like you like you like spawn the the, the comic book and we finally got it uh like last year and i've been trying to move that domain over for a long time this is real nerdy nonsensical stuff but it's like as soon as i heard i was like oh yeah i have to move that thing over that's the reason my face didn't move yeah you didn't move it yet (laughs) You gotta do your, you gotta do your homework, son. You gotta do your homework, um, or or make somebody else do it. It's fine, but yeah. yeah, right. yeah. So yes, it is spawnon.me or eventually spawnonme.com. One True. Of those. Um, so we got this big old stack of because um, I go to the our guests page, which by the way is very well designed. Good job. Thank on you. That. Thank um, you. So um, this is a pretty impressive list of names um, and 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 uh, well laid out pictures who on here like who's the first guest you had where you were like holy crap did i just do that it was actually with fourth of the crew so it's actually myself cicero holmes tanya DePass, and sharif jackson um it wasn't it wasn't just like kali's show um (laughs) uh, but dave finoy dave finoy was the name of the person who i couldn't remember and he was the person who we got for a really early guest and if you are familiar with voice acting and video games he is like has the voice of God. He's one of those folks that when you listen to him just talk without a microphone in front of him, it is the it is like amazingly impressive. It is one of those things you're just like, I don't believe that human beings can have voices like this and you have it and you do amazing work with it. So he was one of the first people that we got because we basically said, let's shoot for the stars. We have nothing to lose. No one knows who we are. Uh, we think we have a good idea behind us, but who's going to come on our show that we've looked up to for a very long time? And we put a, a Google Doc together and we were like, put names on it. Just do it. Uh, and the first one, first big name person that we got was Dave Finoy. Um, second person who I particularly geeked out about and was super excited for uh, was Adam Sessler. Because uh, I'm a huge fan of Adam Sessler. I love that man with all of my heart. Listen, uh, address the sess, <laughs> man. Address the sess. Yeah, right? I mean, you got to a chance to address the cess. He's such a crazy good. He, I mean, I want to meet him so bad. Um, I really do. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's, he's he's good people. He's good people, and he's just like a phenomenal human being. Like inside, you know, inside the industry, outside the industry. Um, he there's there's a good story uh, pertaining to him specifically, and our and my second E3 uh, that I'll share in a minute once we go back to E3 conversations, but. Um, he was great. Um, and also there was just like, uh, like, um, Jeff Kanata was a huge one for me personally. Cause I, I loved his stuff too. Um, so there were, there were a lot of folks who in that space, I really wanted to talk to for a long time because it's, again, it's like as a person who does a show, you know, the people who you've listened to for a very long time. And you're like, sure. I just want to be able to get into a room and chat with them and chop it up and, just have conversations about all the stuff that, you know, I've never been, never had a chance to talk about. Um, and then there's like Evan Narcisse. I think, I think we had some, 
the folks who we had that were really big that I wanted to get, um, those are some of those folks. I think some of the most important shows we got uh, that kind of like pushed us forward in a big way was uh, Evan Narcisse. That was a huge show for us. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think who else we had, uh, 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 um, Austin Walker. The first time we got a chance to talk to him, that was huge for us. Um, so it was, it, there's been a lot of milestones for particular reasons. Um, sure. and there's been milestones because of particular guests. So it's, it's been a, a good ride in that way. And it's been nice to kind of reflect back on sure. what those things were and how it kind of elevated and pushed us forward. Sure. Sure. How was it talking to Mega Ran? Mega Ren is dope. Well, I mean, <laughs> Mega Ren is just a cool cat. <laughs> he's so, he's such a cool cat. The funny thing is, I didn't do that show. So that oh, that first time that the, I didn't do that show, that first time that we got Mega Ren on the show, um, actually was with Cicero when he went to uh, for any 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 of your folks who are in the Chicago area and love comic books and stuff. There's a great show called C two E two. Uh, that he went to and met Mega Ran because he's a huge Mega Ran fan and he like rushed him through a microphone in his face and he, <laughs> and they just went and they just went on. Uh, but Ran Ran is dope. He's a chill into the show. That's that's cool. I didn't know that that was a thing, but I'm happy you do because that makes it even better. Yeah, he um he's another one of those guys that I super want to meet. Um, yeah, because um. I mean, first off, like the like that nerdcore, like hip hop, you know, with the chip tune scene. God, I don't know why it grabs me so hard, but it really does. Mm-hmm. Just and I, um, every like he just put out his new album, and yeah, uh, I mean, every second of it, just just I I I can't dance, but man, it just moves <laughs> me. Um, he's and he's just so like, every time I've seen it, heard him interviewed, like he was recently on the uh, video game grooves podcast. Which is, um, yep. and that he was just so, just so graceful um, and mm-hmm. poised and just super cool. Um, I, I just, I saw his name on the list. I was like, no, we got to talk about Mega Rand. Um, and it makes sense that he's on there. I mean, he's a prominent figure. And I, what's crazy is it's weird that he's not more prominent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's really just a, a function of time, you know, because he's just, yeah. he's just getting bigger and. I, I, I love every minute of it. For those of you listening, uh, the, the the curious soccer mom sitting in the car listening to who the heck is Megaran. Megaran <laughs> is, because um, everybody else is just, you know, a personality. Megaran is a musician. He is a hip-hop artist that focuses on, you know, nerdcore, like hip-hop that involves uh, geek culture. Specifically, he loves games. He does all sorts of stuff, though. And he tours worldwide now. He's a yeah. He's a big, he's gotten, big He's gotten big. He's gotten real big, and it's I'm, and it, the thing that I love about Ran is that he is so unassuming and so humble about how dope he is. So like you roll up on him, was like yo man, yo Ran, I love your stuff. <laughs> you is super dope. He's like, thank you so much, man. I really just appreciate it. And you're just like, how can you be so humble? You're just too cool to be so humble. But he's 100%, super humble about it. 100%. But it's I fantastic. I don't know that I would be able to speak to him. Um, I'm sure I could. <laughs> Because like every any time any place I did see him, I would probably be in a position where like I have to be on because I'd probably see him at like a PAX or yeah. you know like an E3 where I'd bump into him. Like I'm not gonna bump into him like on the street where I'm like. Well, let me let me let me know if you go west for PAX West, and if you are at PAX West, I will introduce you to Rand. Uh, I can't go to PAX West. Ah. 
next next show. Next show. If you, if you, I, we have to figure. We have to figure out a show that we're both going to go to. That Rand is going to be at. You, you tell me the folks that you want to meet. Folks that you want to meet, and I will. I will try to make it happen. Listen, you and I we're best friends. What kind of listen? I'll have my wife make cookies for you. Right. <laughs> I will pay. I will pay in food. For the uh, for some of the connections, I appreciate the smile. The smile on your face will be payment alone. Oh man, that, listen, that's, all, I, that's all I need. Oh man. Um. Anyway, so um. For also for those listening, Dave Fenoy, he's the dude that did Lee in the Walking Dead video game, right? The Telltale yep. one. Yeah. The, yep. So, man. So you were basically talking to Lee. Yeah. Um. And, and it, it was, it was so good because. Uh, it was so good and so bad because it's like as a podcaster now who's like, I, I, I'll say, quote unquote, professional. I, I know what I'm doing at this point. Sure. It was like getting just getting him on a Skype call was the scariest thing on the planet. Sure. Because he has like a booth in his home. The way he does his, his, his VO stuff. And oh, it's yeah. fantastic. And he has this sexy microphone, and it's like one of the best microphones on the planet. And he like gets into the room, and he's like, "Hello," and I'm like, "What are you talking about? This is Dave Fenoy. This is Lee. I'm talking to Lee right now. I cried when you died in the game, and now I'm talking to you in the booth with the with the voice of God. It's just yeah. unreal." Yeah. Oh my God, I would have nerded out on such a level. You know what? That might have been on a level of like, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I, I have no analog. Um, yeah. Because that's just... Oof. Um, especially if he steps into the booth and you're recording on your laptop, Mike. And Oh, I cried. <laughs> I was so right. sad after that. I was so sad. Like, I, I tried to bury that show, and but it's on the feed, and people can listen to it. It's just bad. You can't... But... Listen, you gotta... This is... This is the, the thing that I have learned is at the end of the day, you just gotta own it. Yep. Because... Um, you know, as content creators, and I mean, I think this is relevant because every parent listening to this, your kid wants to be a content creator. They haven't told you yet, but yep, like sure. the dream of every nine to fifteen year old right now is they want to be a YouTuber or whatever. Um, uh, Khalif and I can tell you that's harder than you think it's going to be, but whatever. I mean, we, we <laughs> never we never told kids to not want to be professional football players either. Um, yeah. So if you want to be a pro YouTuber, go for it. But like creating content is hard and the first time you step in front of a camera or you put a microphone in somebody's face you are going to screw it up and you're going to have embarrassing fails um i had um i was trying to interview uh it was a it was for a board games because we do board games and video games um and so i was trying to interview um somebody for a board game and the, the the Skype call kept dying. My internet. It was, it was, um, and this is the dude that has made Mice and Mystics. Oh right? wow! He's, and I and I got him, and it died. Uh, our and we ended up rescheduling until the next day. And he was Ooh, super man. legit. He was super fine, right? Um, and uh, we the next day our internet in the whole like town died. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I could record if I turn my phone into a hot spot. Yeah. And we do that. And he was like, no, 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 let's just punt to next week. It'll be fine. And so we punted to the next week 
And then he had a scheduling thing. And it was just all this crazy stuff. And then we finally got on. And I was so, like, starstruck. Because, I mean, it's the dude that made Mice and Mystics. And he was making stuff. This was when I was trying to interview him for uh, Stuff Fables. So I had actually been kind of doing this for a while at this point. Because this is in the last couple of years. And I just couldn't get the words out right. And, like, I've met Rob Davio. He and I are good buddies, right? Like, Yeah. But for some reason, the Mice and Mystics dude, I just lost my mind. I was just like, ugh. And... It's my first... It, man, listen. Everybody wants to go back to episode one of Engage, a family gaming podcast. You'll hear me talk to the professor and she who needs no title. That's some throwback stuff. It was uh. embarrassing. It was before I realized <laughs> you're supposed to like script your stuff and like prepare. I thought you just stood in front of a microphone and just like talked about games. I didn't realize that like there was work involved. Oh, yeah. It, it, it changes up a lot from episode... 20 to episode 100 like hopefully folks have learned a lot in between that space i've heard some shows where you can tell that they haven't but uh it's been it's been nice to kind of lean back and like okay i can get on the microphone now and not have to think as hard as i used to to be able to get good content out and that 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 feels really good like that's a great that's a great feeling of just like okay i understand what i need to do and i have my checks and 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 everything looks like it's fine and, and now you can just go and then you don't think about it so enough about podcasting because yeah. you and I could probably talk for hours about podcasting. but Totally. Um, and we probably will at some point. Um, but there will be food involved and we'll be sitting in person. Um, yes. Um, so I don't know if you know I like food. Um, you oh, can, yes. You can tell by looking at me. Um, <laughs> so, um, the, so let's talk about E3 a little bit. So yeah. this is how many E3s for you? This is this was my fifth or sixth, I think. I think it was my fifth. You know, because I snuck in way, way back. It's a rite of passage when you lose count. That's a rite of passage when you lose count and you don't know. That means you're in there with like you know, (laughs) you're in there with Altano and you know Per Schneider and all them. Like now you're just one of the big dogs. You don't even you know. (laughs) I'm still excited every time I get the little like, hey, you got in. Because some like the way things have changed in the past couple of years, I, we don't know if we're gonna get in like like we mm-hmm. we thought we were gonna get to. There was a lot there was a lot of conversations around, and, if, and for folks who don't who aren't initiated about the kind of process to get into E3, it's one of those things where you have to give a whole bunch of your statistics, you have to you know get all your paperwork together, you have to make sure you can get yourself in and the team together, and make sure that all those folks can, can get in and stuff. And it's gotten a lot more strict in terms of how they've let people in prior until how they've let people in uh, in the past couple of years. And because of the, the influx and kind of growth of um, social media and of content creators on the kind of streaming and YouTube side, you know, we're, we're in the kind of like old media space at this point, you know, yeah. like podcasting right now is kind of in this, in this kind of weird nebulous space where, you know, we put out a lot of good stuff and in podcasting spaces, you know, it's it's a very important thing. But in terms of video games, podcasting is not a thing that they are really kind of looking for and in ways that they want to kind of share out uh, information. So it's it's we're lucky uh, that we that we keep getting in. Um, and that first time in 2005 was when you could actually sneak in. So I had a fake business card that was like Khalif Inc. <laughs> Done. Done. And it was it. It was it. I had like a cheap, like a uh, really bad looking website and then just threw all that information into the website, uh, into the, to the site. And they were like, all right, you can go. 
So and it was it's, fantastic. It's worth noting that you're the reason we can't have nice things. It's a bunch. Yep. It's a. Bit, I mean, as long as you're cool with that, as long as you're cool with that, I um, will. I will own it. I uh, will take that and I'll wear that with a badge of honor. It's my fault. I I'll tried to explain. Oh, I, I doubt it's specifically you, but you were <laughs> definitely not alone. Um, the the reason EFG goes is by the grace of um the ESA Reed Albers. Shout out to my yes. boy Reed. Um, he actually found me on the Twitter um, and saw what we do, saw the work that we do, and um, he randomly saw me talking about how I wanted to go to E3 one day. Yeah. And he was like, wait, you want to go to E3? And he's like, if, 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 like, if we gave you badges, how many, would you, how many people would you take? And I was like, well, I mean, one, if, if that makes it more likely that you'll go. And he goes, no, you would die. You can't go to E3 alone. <laughs> so uh, he's like, come back to me on Monday. This was a Thursday. He's like, come back to me on Monday. Tell me, like, how many of your team would be able to go. And yeah. and so through the grace of Reed Albers, um, we were able to go the last couple of years. Um, so, which is amazing. And you're right. We're basically kind of old media because I'm really not – YouTube is still something we're learning. I'm still figuring out how to cut video. Um, yep. I'm hope I was hoping that my twelve uh, year old would figure it out before I would, because you know, and then we could just <laughs> I could just put him in the in the the editing bay and just let him do it. But um, he keeps wanting to play video games. I mean, <laughs> what's up with that? Um, but yeah, so I'm old media with uh, written reviews and podcasting and um, all that stuff. Um, but he really wanted a different perspective. That's why he grabbed us because we you know because we're talking directly to parents. Um, he that was why he grabbed us um you know you you guys are just that's fantastic yeah i i i certainly appreciate it and something that we it's not a as you probably imagine it's not a very well explored niche um right it existed and then ign bought it and shut it down (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yep um, but they're not buying me, darn. Well, I know they aren't because I talked to Per Schneider about it, and he uh, he told me to stop, more or less, <laughs> um, in a very super nice German way, like super nice. I don't know if you have you have you met him before? No, we haven't yeah. met yet. He's super super nice, um, but he's he. <laughs> He, without ambiguity, was like, "Yeah, oh, this is this is not a, a business model you want to do. You probably want to do something else." I'm like, "Well, thankfully, I do other things. This is not my day job." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was it was um, encouraging, but not all at the same time. Like I know he was just trying to be nice, but I was like, "Wow, nice to meet you too, buddy." Um, he gave he gave you the "Don't quit your day job," yeah, but I have def- a day job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't quit your day job. Well, my day job is definitely not this. I work. I live in Connecticut, so obviously I work in insurance. Come on, you know what I do. Um, you know. So anyway, so so you've been to E three a number of times. Yep. Um, uh, has it gotten old hat for you yet, or is it no. still like wow? Every time you walk through those doors, I'm I'm I feel very lucky, and 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 I say that with the utmost respect for the people. Like, and shout out to again, shout out to Reed and and, and the folks over who who helped run that show. Um, we we um, had the the chance to talk to one of the folks who ran it before, which was Rich Taylor, um, in one in a, in a show a couple of years ago, and just seeing the spectacle of what goes on behind the scenes to make that show happen every year is something that you just kind of have to sit back and say, wow, like this is a thing that a lot of people want to go to. 
even if they want to, even if they don't want to admit it, because it's like that whole thing of like people are kind of too cool for school and they're like, I don't I don't need to go do that thing. I can watch it at home. I can just do that kind of stuff. And I don't care about that stuff. But getting to go is such an amazing thing. Like, yes, there are parts of it that are are annoying. Yes, there are parts of it that um, you don't like because of just like, you know, they have changed since the way that the show started. But, you know, as a person who dreamt about going to this thing for years and years and years and this being a bucket list item that I'd be oh, able yeah. to do, you know, as a person who loves gaming, who, who has loved games for a very long time, mm-hmm. I still every year that I get a chance to, like, throw my name in the hat and, and get a get an OK um, to be able to go, I I welcome it and I love it. It's it's hard work. We we did. God, we did so much work this year. We did the most work that we ever done. We ever have ever done in Same. terms of Same. doing doing the work at that show. And I was tired and body hurt and I'm old and I'm overweight and running around like a mad person, sweating everywhere I go. But every time I get a chance to do it, it is fantastic. Like sure. I get to see people who I love. I get a chance to see stuff usually that people don't get a chance to see early. Sure, you know, like that's the stuff that people dream about so like when i hear the two too cool for school people and the folks who kind of just don't get it it makes me a little bit upset because it's like it's a it's a trade show but it, it's like you know you got to have fun with this stuff like yeah. this stuff is work but it's also fun yeah like it's a time you get to geek out with people who like the exact thing that you like you know you cherish that that's a good thing you don't get a lot of those things in this life so like why not kind of embrace that as a as a thing that you want to kind of hold on to and you know, bring you back to your childhood in some weird way, you know. Oh, I, you just, you, you just preached to me. Um, I felt like I was sitting in a pew. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, I agree with every word you just said. Um, for me, you know, admittedly, I, I've gone twice, um, and I don't know if we'll be able to go back next year. Um, it's expensive right. coming from Connecticut. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's tough, um, and the ROI is not exactly there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, um, you know, but being able to go even a couple of times, um, you know, was I, – I mean, you and I are around the same age. And we've been gaming our mm-hmm. whole lives. Um, and it's, I remember, you know, 10 years ago, you know, before I started writing about games, you know, I would wait until that July issue of all the – of EGM and all Game Informer and all the – because I wanted to see the E3 stuff. You know, like, yeah. I and then I remember then I'm, they started streaming the stuff, and I was like, wait, so I can watch these press conferences live? And um, even before I ran EFG, I took the week off from work mm-hmm. um, to watch the press conferences and just like get in there and just really enjoy it because um, I am as and I am oft criticized. Criticized is probably the wrong word, but poked fun at for being an ever flowing fountain of hype. Um, yeah, because I just want to get excited about stuff. I get excited about games I know I'm never gonna play. Um, <laughs> and E3 is just this perfect like it's it is the perfect place to just go get hype about everything. Yeah, you know? um, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm probably not gonna be able to have enough time to play like Red Dead Redemption Two, but like, man, am I psyched about it? And same, same. you know, like, so being able. I mean, not that that was at E3. Because Rockstar doesn't give a damn, but because um, <laughs> talking about too cool for school, they just don't care. Um, but you know, I mean, like sitting there watching this, the Assassin's Creed Odyssey stuff, and like you know, 
playing Starlink. Did you play Starlink, by the way? Star Starlink was was one, was one of my games of the show. That was like one of my surprise games of the you show. You and me predestined to be best you. friends because it was actually my game of the show. Yeah. I it came out of freaking nowhere. Um, this is how I describe it. It's the best Star Fox game ever made. Period. Full yep. stop. Yep. You and me agreed. We're, agreed. Um, it's like it came out of freaking nowhere. I yep. played the demo because we got in early and like during the business hours there was no lot. There was literally no line to play, so I just walked up and I yeah. played it. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play this. Why not? It's a Toys to Life game. Of course, I'm gonna need to have an opinion on it." And I didn't want to stop. They're like, all right, yeah. your demo's over. And I was like, are you sure? Can I just, <laughs> can you just hit the reset button? And then I looked back and I saw there was a line. So I was like, all right, I guess I can't wait anymore. But like, it yep. was so good. It oh. is, it is so many different things in one package. It is, it is mind boggling that this game is going to come out on so many platforms and be as good as it's going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it does not do well, it's not going to be because of the game. Yeah. It's going to be because of the Toys to Life thing. That's the, that's what I said on my show when I talked about it. That's what I say in my, you know, because we're actually producing our Game of the Show videos now. My media nice. guy, um, we, he got home from E3 and rescued a kitten, literally. <laughs> um, he was, it was the day he got home. We took the red eye back to Connecticut. He went back. He took the train back to New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and he got home and he was talking to his wife and they heard this weird noise out of their window and they were like, what is that? And it turned out that it was a kitten that somehow was separated from its mother. And they were like, all right, well, we'll give it a little while, obviously. And like by the next day it was still going and they're like, all right, well, what? this, this kitten separated. <laughs> so they rescued it. And so obviously he's been sidetracked cat more important than YouTube in my opinion. I mean, that's reasonable. Um, and it's a cute cat. Uh, those of you who are curious, um, there's a video up on the Engage Family Gaming Facebook page, and I have pictures. I will be posting them on our Instagram. Um, photographic evidence as to why our YouTube has been delayed. But um, I, I just, it's so good. And, and yeah, I played a Toys to Life game in 2018, and I wasn't even mad about it. I and that was the thing that I was worried about. I was like, oh, this is gonna be bad. I don't want these. Uh, this is going to be just something I'm really not going to care about because it's going to be uh, an expensive thing that we're going to have to try to figure out how to manage and keep all these pieces together and all this other stuff. And as soon as they told me that as soon as you buy a piece, you get a digital version of it, that yep. sold me. Yep. That was it. That was the one thing I needed to know. I was like, oh, okay, I'm down. Yep. Like, because I, because I, as much as I don't really want the physical pieces, seeing how they work together really was smart just like the small thing of like all right here's your captain of your ship and the way that the like the little uh cockpit kind of encloses oh yeah or, or, you know encloses over them and 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 it's just so so smart like I, i'm like definitely gonna wind up buying that game yeah. and my wife is gonna be mad at me she's like why all these stupid things are around the house i was like but this is my ship don't yeah. throw away my Don't ship. Throw away my spaceship. Um, I am a hundred percent with you. I'm gonna have to buy it on a switch though, so I can get Star Fox. Yeah, see, that's the hard part. Is I was I'm wondering if that's the one that I'm gonna buy it on. I'm like worried that I'm gonna buy it on Switch, but I really do want it in a mobile form. I mean, but it's gonna look really good on PS4 and the Xbox One. I mean, but so I'm just Fox, like, I don't know what's gonna but look. That, but that Star pretty. Fox though. 
right? I know, I know. Because I feel like this is going to be the... Uh-huh. Here's the good news. Um, why not both? Just do it, right? Because here's the good news. You buy the parts, you get the ships for both... Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can get... I'm sure, like, you get the, 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 the wing, right? It'll I, well, work we don't, on both is it things. is it gonna be cross is it gonna be cross platform in that way? Well, I mean between Switch and between Switch and I PS4 have and stuff? a physical toy. Yeah, oh and yeah, I yeah. Plug yeah. it into my PS4 thing. Yeah, and that's then I true. Plug it into my Switch thing. I mean, I would you were able to use the same Skylanders like if I had it on PS4 and then you had it on Xbox, I could bring my Skylander mm-hmm. and play it on your thing. Pretty sure. That might that might be the thing. Yeah, that might be a problem. That might I be mean, a problem. That that might be a problem because that means you got to buy the same Toys to Life game twice. That might be a problem. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Uh, it won't even be the fact that I have to buy it twice. This is going to be I'm going to be playing it twice. Mm-hmm. And if the if the stuff doesn't transfer over, if the content doesn't oh, it transfer, won't. Terms, the content. I'm just like, oh, uh, that's the thing I need. If it doesn't transfer for Fortnite, uh, it's not going to transfer for Starlink. Um, <laughs> so. Um, so anyway, we could talk. I'm so I'm so glad to have found a kindred spirit in regards to yeah. my love for Starlink. Man, I think that game is going to be a surprise hit this year. I really do. I really. I do. hope people push it. I hope I hope people buy it because be- games like that deserve to be bought. I mean, it's a really really good st- and it's a it's a it's the best Star Fox game ever made. So everybody that's been like, I want a new Star Fox game, fine, buy Starlink. It might be the best No Man's Sky <laughs> as, as well. Oh. Did you see? I saw somebody tweeting about this. Somebody called it No Man's Skylanders. Yes. I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, I am so mad at you. Why didn't I think of that? Yes. Um, And that's the thing. That's the reason I want it. Because, I I mean, I I still am one of those people who loves No Man's Sky. I'm still unabashedly in love with that game, even though it doesn't do a lot of stuff, and they botched a lot of stuff. But the only reason people are mad is because the dude who made the game was – a little excited when he was telling people what he could, what the game could do. If they set yeah. proper expectations, that would have been, yeah. a, I think it would have been a game of the year candidate. I'm not even kidding. Right. Like if they Agreed. set expectations, you know, anyway. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother discussion about publishers and how people get rushed to make their games and PR and blah and stuff. But that's yeah. that, that, that'll be a conversation for another day. Next time, you'll, we'll just have to have you back on. It's fine. Yes. Well, I mean, we'll just I, it, that's certainly fine with me. Um, so, um, yeah, man, I'm so mad I didn't come up with No Man's Skylanders. Like, I'm so <laughs> mad. The, um, so let's talk a little bit about Soul Calibur. Um, because, okay. number one, you and I both got bodied. What's your excuse this time? Oh, uh, my foot hurt, right. and I bumped it, and I was I was bleeding okay. out of my ear. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Um, E3 is rough, brother. E3 listen, is rough. Oh, it's definitely rough. Um, uh, I lost uh, because hashtag Steve is bad at video games. Um, really, here's what happened. I picked the the big dude with the okay. not nightmare. I picked the, the blonde dude with the big sword. What's his name? Oh, is it Sig? It's, it's not Siegfried, is it? Is it? Siegfried? I think it is Siegfried. Siegfried, think it is Siegfried. something like that. He's definitely German. Um, with a big, <laughs> like, two-handed sword, and I was like, "This is gonna be my." Because this is what I was like, "Listen, I'm just gonna spam heavy attacks, and it's gonna be fine." And this dude rolled in with like, uh, Sophitia. And oh. So the plan was. So his plan was, I'm just gonna use fast attacks. And I did not know how to do anything. 
Um, and I didn't realize that the instructions were literally right in front of us. So I was like, oh, I remember playing this game 20 years ago. Um, and then he just embarrassed me. Yep. That was me too. Was... I played Maxi. Oh, all right. <laughs> I played Maxi. And the person who I was playing against, he just it's like if you don't remember stuff like that, because I, I have not played a Soul Calibur game in God knows how long. An unreasonable amount of time since yeah. it's been since I played Soul Calibur. I have moved off of Street Fighter onto uh, NRS games, so I'm yeah. a, I'm a big Mortal Kombat and Injustice fan. Sure. Um, and I just was like, okay, I remember two moves, and they usually work. And he was sidestepping around me, punching me in the face. <laughs> he <laughs> was, was like, like, he was just like, bruh, listen. He was like, man, (laughs) listen, do you not know who you are messing with right now? And I was like, I totally don't. How are you? I actually have no idea who you are. (laughs) No idea. Thanks for handing me my own ass. Oh, man. Literally. I was just like, oh, okay, thanks. This is great. I'm never buying this game now. Thank you. You You've unsold me on this game because I can't be good good at it. Yeah, this is one of those, like, so I love me some fighting games. I do. We're a Street Fighter house. Um, um. But I have respect to the NetherRealm. Um, can I just... Total non sequitur. Why... So NetherRealm made the mobile WWE fighting game. Yep. Why have they not know. just made that a real game? Because um, why, the WWE is, has probably never been bigger. Yep. Um, they've got 30, 40 years worth of dudes that they could just make fighters. It's like, we talk about a games as a service, like it just never stops. And I would play that. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if, I wonder if 2k has a, uh, exclusivity thing on them. That, I guess that might be why. Cause I mean, it's gotta be, cause it feels like it's just so perfect. You know, yeah, because the the character concepts were like the Rock being literally a dude made out of stone, and like those stupid, <laughs> like those real stupid like concepts, right? Like that was amazing. Yeah, um, you know, having like Paige be like a like a literal witch, like some of that stuff was just awesome, and makes mm-hmm. total sense in an actual fighting game. I mean, and some of those guys like Kane just being himself, <laughs> like we're not even really giving him any, just literally just Kane. We're just gonna have it be a, <laughs> everybody else has magical powers, and then we just got the the mayor of some town from Tennessee. Like that's it. That's what we got. Um, I don't know why they haven't made that a real fighting game. Anyway, that was a non sequitur. Um, so we're a Street Fighter house. Although I yep. guess we, um, I want to get Dragon Ball Fighters. I think that's yeah. it's coming. I think. Um, we just gotta, the general has to be sold on it. Soul Calibur is one of those games that, like, I used to really, really dig it. Like, when it was on Dreamcast, like, back when I was in college, that was just, it was the perfect, great game. Like, I just wanted to play it. And now that I'm older, and tell me if I'm a little crazy on this, like, the, the aesthetic and Mm -hmm. the, you know, you know what I'm saying? Some of the stuff is just, it's, it's, it, it feels like the games industry has grown up and Soul Calibur hasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, like, cleavage and unreasonable physics that go along with cleavage and, yeah. and a whole bunch of other stuff in there that's, like, you know, costumes where it's 
you would you would they're not family friendly they're definitely not definitely <laughs> there's not. a lot of conversations that you would have to have about clothing and about stuff <laughs> like right? do you want to have the conversation about the birds and the bees or soul caliber because of soul caliber <laughs> exactly it's like do i want soul caliber to cause an awakening like is that right the game right like if right. we're gonna go then let's just like play senrun kagura and just <laughs> really go like if we're just gonna yes. do it let's just we don't do anything halfway around here um, yeah, but yeah, it's just that the whole time I was playing it, I, and when I was done, I was like, you know, this game. Not that it was ever wholesome, right? Like, it sure, was, sure. But it just feels like out of time. Like it really feels like it's just, you know. I mean, it's on brand. I mean, it's this. Yeah, you know, Ivy looks like Ivy. You know. I mean, but that's the thing, though, right? Is like, I, like I wonder if, I, like, I, we'll see when it comes out too, because the sales will will be a teller of if that if that game is going to still have that same relevance in the same way like i think there's going to be people who are not going to care about that part of it and just really want a soul caliber game and just because it's a good game um but i definitely feel like there will definitely be people who are just like i don't want to buy that because it is still doing that old thing that we have all kind of gotten past at this point yeah it's so i was listening to um kind of funny games daily and they were talking about it and and greg miller brought it up to andrea renee and i think he was kind of setting her up like not setting her up in a bad way but setting her up with assuming that she was going to give the answer like oh my god it's so terrible and i think she actually kind of made a really good point is like it's not like they've it's not like they changed the game to make it that way now it's like it's always been this way it's not like it's new to the fighting game genre I mean, yeah. so she's like, this is different. It, it, it's almost like, it's not that she was giving it, a, and it, it's not like she's the one that would be determining pass or fail anyway. She is just one person, but, you know, it's like, not like it's just getting a pass because it's a fighting game, but at the same time, like, it kind of gets a pass because it's a fighting game, because it's like, this is just what they've always done. At least they're being consistent. Um, yeah. Almost like it would be way different. Like if all of a sudden they like dressed Ivy up like a nun, like it would change. Like it would be, <laughs> I mean, first off I would buy that DLC. Um, yes. that would be very different. Um, but the, you should check your alarm by the way. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm, right. I'm text texting the, my wife Do about that. Do we need to take stuff, a break? Right? Do we need to take a break? No, so no, I have, I have, I have like, let me see. Double check. Uh, 15 minutes. All right. Okay. I'm just so I'm, sure I'm, bar- I'm bargaining with her right now. That's the reason why I keep looking down. Right. I'm trying to send her a message to be like, "Can you do it?" And she's like, "You said it would be done by then." And I was like, "I'm right. All right, don't beat me." All right. Well, yeah, we don't want that. We don't want that. Yeah, we should be done relatively soon. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. No, 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 no. Now no. that I know that your general is, uh, we'll refer to her as the admiral. The admiral. Yes. Um, we don't want to. We don't want to mess with that because I don't mess yeah. with the general. Um, <laughs> so but don't don't wor- don't worry about it. It's right. not. It's not. It's nothing crazy. Okay. So, um, so anyway, that's Soul Calibur. I, I, you know, I, I thought it was fun-ish. I mean, I got bodied, but I mean, that wasn't the game's fault. That was mine. Yeah. I mean, it was neat. Um, but you're right. I think sales are going to, I don't know if there's room for, I mean, fighting games are having a resurgence. Great. I, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I think the, the gas, like there was a limited amount of oxygen in the room and I really think Dragon Ball fighters took it like that game. Yep, Dragon Ball Fighters took it, and also what was the name of the mashup game that was like something Force? 
I can't remember the name of it. It was like, oh man, oh, it had the, like, oh yeah, 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 Jump Force. And like Dragon Jump Force. Jump Force is the game that I'm actually really excited for. You are. Okay, um, tell me why. Because I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I have no knowledge of any of the the, the licensings that are in those games, but just the art style and the visual style sure. of that game just really pulled me in. I got a chance to play it, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but it made me feel like that first Naruto game that sure. came out, and I was like, oh yeah. That was the reason why I like this game is because of the way you kind of move in all these <clears throat> vertical spaces and, you know, throw people through walls and all that kind of stuff. And that's I, what I really want is a dead or alive game. That's what I want. They're making one. Did you see they announced it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's one I, in I'm development. I think we got to wait. We got a little ways to go. Hopefully they'll yeah. do it right. Um, for those listening, Jump Force, uh, number one, we do actually have content coming. Um, my brother. Um, so uh, the infinite co-host as we uh, refer to him. Um, he, <laughs> everybody on my show has a stupid nickname. Um, that's how we do. Um, I love it. Except for me. Um, my name is Steve. That's my... So it's everybody who's <laughs> just stupid nicknames, and I'm Steve. So um, the Infinite co-host is actually working on it because um, he actually thinks it was one of the... Like, you know, there's the huge announcements, and then a line, and then Jump Force... And then a couple yeah. other things. And then, you know, minor announcements that don't really matter. Um, and he really thinks Jump Force is just shy of a major announcement by nature of the fact that it really brings together a lot of really big brands. Um, oh, yeah. In, you know, the, the Shonen Jump anime scene. Um, you know, because it's not just a Dragon Ball game. And, you know, there's Dragon Ball characters in it, which is important, but it has Bleach. Um, that wasn't announced at E3, but that's been confirmed since. So it has Bleach, which is a a big but not massive anime. It has One Piece, which is one of the biggest animes in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And a Naruto, obviously. My kids saw the Naruto thing and they went bananas. <laughs> My two sons are all in on Naruto. All in. So when they saw that there was a fighting game that had Naruto versus other anime that they know they're eventually going to watch, they just got to finish, yeah. they, were, yeah. they lost their mind. So we will have content written and likely some podcasts talking about it um, in the coming months. We've got a little while before this game comes out. Um, it's, it felt very Power Stone to me. I played it. It felt really yes. Power Stone to me, um, which for those listening, it's an old school. Old Dreamcast is old school. That's the world we live in now. Um, <laughs> we're so old. Um, it's an older, kind of a more of a party-style fighting game, um, you know, compared to, like, technical stuff, like Street Fighter V, Mortal Kombat, Injustice. It's really more of a party game, I think. Um, yeah. You know, probably maybe even more casual, friendly than, like, Smash, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And I dug it. I think the demo was kind of crappy just because it was over so fast. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't what, a you, good demo. what are you going to do? I mean... They want people in and out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Jump Force. Um, that game... Here's the real thing that I thought. I was angry for a minute because I thought that what they were doing was announcing basically Shonen Jump Warriors, like Mm. Dynasty Warriors, but just Shonen Jump dudes. And let's be honest, that game would be baller. (laughs) I would play that so hard. It's like, oh, so it's it's Hyrule Warriors, but instead of like Zelda characters, it's just a bunch of dudes from random uninvolved anime. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> at, least they, at least they don't have to have the story make sense because none of their stories make sense on their own, yep. let alone when you're combining them. Um, so, yeah, do you see any... What else, what else did you play that, that... Did you play Mega Man? Did you get to play Mega Man 11? 
No, I didn't play Mega Man. Are you um, a Mega Man dude? A little bit. I used to be more Mega Man when I was younger, but not not anymore. Not as much. Okay. Um, I mean, I got to see a bunch of stuff. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to play a lot this year. Me either. Um, we, were, we were lucky enough to have a lot of uh, behind-closed-doors things, sure. which was nice. I did play some Division 2, which felt really good. Sure. Um, that was great. That was um, uh, I got one of see- my guys' games of the games of the show. So yeah, it was super good. Uh, made me want to play that game again because uh, I fell off of Division One real hard. Um, As did got see- everyone. Yeah, and then it came back though. Like it had its resurgence, and then everybody was like, "Oh yeah, this is one of the best games of all time." Um, uh, got to see Control, which was one of my another one of my games of the of the show, uh, which is super kind of sci-fi. Um, I kind of liken it to the. This is going to go real old school. Uh, if you ever remember the uh, Greatest American Hero, that television show. Yes. The the main yes. character, his his real name was William Cat. Got it. Uh, and and I am a huge horror fan, so I remember this one horror movie that he did that was called House. Okay. Um, and basically, the premise was he was in this possessed home, and this home would change up physically uh anytime he would kind of go through the front door so he would like go to the front door and it would just change it would just be a different house okay. and they would be store you know stairs would be upside down and all this other stuff control is kind of like that but in if you mix that with quantum break so it has this like really cool supernatural feel to it but also has this like really um interesting not horror but um kind of time uh, uh, time ripping kind of you know you yeah. being able to kind of have telekinesis and telekinetic powers and stuff uh, within the world which is which is cool I, I'm digging the digging the, the 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 landscape more than the actual gameplay that I saw but it was a lot of fun um, and the game that I'm most excited for that I, I didn't get a chance to play but I was talking about this one kind of funny was Dreams I, I love that game that game is going to be the thing that I'm going to play the most probably in 2018 2019 if it comes out this year. Um, cause it just has too many things in it that I like and I love media molecule stuff and they're a fantastic company and blah, blah, blah. I, so I'm hyped for that game partially because I'm hyped for everything, but, um, which I know blah, blah, blah. Somebody once told me that if I'm hyped for everything, I'm hyped for nothing, whatever they can go away. Um, but, <laughs> um, don't, don't turn the Incredibles against me. That's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. And that was, I was like, how dare you? How dare you? Um, but it's one of those things, like, I don't know that it's for me. Sure. Um, but because it, because you're basically making games and making games is hard. That's why I don't do yep. it. Because um, if making games was easy, I would absolutely do it. Um, but I am, I'm actually excited for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because Little Big Planet was really obtuse. Yep. Like the level creation and stuff like that. And I think because of the fact that Dreams, everything is kind of broken down into its component part, component parts, like you can just kind of do the music part or you can just do, you know, like you don't have to make levels. You can make stuff. Yep. Um, I think that makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, yeah. You know, because making a level in a game is hard, but like mm-hmm. making a cool tree is like rad making yeah. music 
um, is, you know, I mean, there's going to be whole communities. I mean, this, Dreams is one of those games that 15 years from now, you and me are going to be on whatever the YouTube replacement is then, or on YouTube, right? Looking at people doing crazy stuff the same way we see people putting, like, Africa by Toto on Mario Paint. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I'm most excited for, is, like, I'm waiting to see how many kids get this game now and who knows in 10 years if the servers will still be up that's always the weird part about all this stuff is like it's all kind of ephemeral in that way but i want this to be the like perfect gateway drug for kids to be able to get into game dev like i want kids to be able to play this thing and get into game development in a real way and this will be the way that they can do it yeah it's you know it's not a twine game where it's just words and stuff like that it's not you know game maker which is a little bit more advanced but still kind of you know beneath you doing stuff in unreal engine or anything yeah. like that but it is this really cool in between space where like you said you can make a thing and that one thing can put you on the map somewhere yep. or that one thing can be the the one item that everyone uses in all of their things that Absolutely. they want to use you want which is fantastic for as a kid to be like, hey, mom, hey, dad, I made this cool thing and look at how many people liked it or these many people used it. And you'll right. be able to track all that stuff in the game. So I'm like I, I'm I'm lobbying for all the people who have kids and who, are, you know, who are going to want to teach this stuff in school to be able to, like, pick this thing up and, and play around with it and get kids in, involved with it because it's perfect for them. It's going to be fantastic to see what comes out of that out of that specific community. Oh man, that community, the Dreams community is going to be crazy. That's this is one of those games that it's definitely going to bomb initially. Like yep. it's not going to sell great. Um if they even sell it. I mean, we don't even know if they're going to sell it. It could just be free to play. Like I don't know. We really have no mm -hmm. idea. Um They have they have to sell this thing though. I, I think if they, I think if they go free to play that's bad. Cuz there isn't enough stuff in it for Cuz then you you add money to things in that game I mean, that's not going to be You happy. saw it BCD. I did not. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I, I will trust your expertise. So they have to sell it. Um, it's going to bomb. I mean, mm. I, I really don't expect that it's going to chart. I mean, you never know. I mean, because I think right now, like, the average person has no freaking idea what it is. And it's really going to be hard to sell it. Like, you and me are nerds, right? Like, yeah. we're in the space. We understand. And, you know, we understand these kind of niche games. But like the average like parent that buys games, like Little Big Planet made sense because it was cute and you're a platformer, you know, whatever. Sackboy's yeah. a new Mario. That's great. And then the level editing stuff was like extra. But like at the end yeah, of the yeah, day, yeah. you were buying a platformer. Dreams, you were buying a tool set to do things. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to be hard to put on commercials. Um, yep. But we also live in a world where most people, a lot of kids don't buy games unless they've already been demonstrated for them. Mm -hmm. um, so the YouTube community, I mean, I think maybe they might be the ones, I mean, I'm kind of thinking just throwing stuff. Well, I, maybe the YouTube community will save it. Well, this is the thing is if they, if they market it in the same way that Nintendo markets their switch games, in the same ways that they market marketed the Labo stuff, mm -hmm. in the same way that they do the kind of overarching narrative of this is a thing that will bring you and your kids closer together as a thing that you can all embrace and, 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 and play together and, and, and build and make things and explore and all that kind of stuff. 
because it is a very difficult product to to market then they have a chance that's going to be the hardest part and this that's been the thing that anytime i've had a conversation with with those folks it is the one hardest thing to get across is just like he it's the everything game that you can literally do anything and everything in yeah so how do you explain that to people in a way that for folks who aren't initiated and you have to do it in the way that nintendo's been doing it and, the, and that's the way that you get people excited you have to go to jimmy fallon you have yeah. to go to you know you have to go on all those shows and conan and all that stuff and like get the late night crowd yeah. to get behind it so that they can get an idea of how easy it is to make stuff and then that stuff gets put into other things um, so no that's you're right not to interrupt you, let's just yeah. let's just brainstorm this a little bit. Um, yeah. I want to buy the MP3 of whatever the roots do in Dreams. Can we just do that right now? Can I like pre-order? Right. <laughs> can I pre-order that MP3? Um, Is that right? Right. I mean, I would give them money. Um, how much money would I give them? I don't know. Probably as much as my <laughs> wife would allow me to. Because um, man, whenever they made like musical instruments for that Ariana Grande song out of the Labo, I was like, "This is you guys are freaking geniuses." Um, and that's the thing. And that's the thing is like there are going to be so many interesting things that people do with that stuff because you can. You, there'll be there'll be at some point there will be an uh, an app that'll be on your phone that where you can record directly into the record sounds directly into the game. Oh yeah. It's going to have VR in it. So p- folks who have PSVRs, that's going to be a whole other different experience for, for people there. The one thing that they have to try to figure out really early is how are you going to get the stuff that's on your console into places that are off your console? And yeah. if they can get that and stuff done, they can have a Toys to Life aspect to it with 3D printing. If you can get someone to do that stuff, like have somebody do that. There's a lot of stuff in that in that space that they've hinted at and kind of you know played around with that that is really innovative it's just that initial push if they can get past that initial push and get some good press then it'll be different there we go so that's dreams all right so we've talked about some games um let's i just i want to hear the story so um you were on kind of funny games daily that's how i that's how i became aware of you um yeah i'm sure i had seen some of your tweets before um but like this is how I met you, more or less. Um, that is um, probably one of the biggest video game podcasts slash shows going right now. Um, yeah. How how did the number one? How did this happen? I'm not the you know. I mean, <laughs> just because I'm curious. I'm you know. I'm sure it was re- relatively natural. Um, and um, how terrified were you to sit in that apartment or whatever the heck they rent? Yeah, it's um. How did how did it actually happen? Um, we we have met like Greg and I met a couple years ago, um, at a random event. It was probably at a conference, um, and we never like through mutual friends we got kind of introduced to each other. Um, and I had done a couple of shows. I had hosted a thing on IGN a couple years ago where they were doing um, at GDC Game Developers Conference. They do this indie development um, showcase. Um, so I got into those spaces. Uh, we were on GameSpot with Daniel Dwyer. He brought us on to talk about the show. Um, so my name was in spaces and kind of like hanging out in the periphery of, of folks to kind of do a thing. Um, and I was going to GDC this year and I was like just going to do a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and I just I got like a random 
DM that was like, hey, I heard that you're going to be in town. Would you want to be on the show? And it was, I guess, through just Twitter and through conversations about, you know, similar people. I knew Andrew Renee for a bit. Uh, we played Paragon a lot uh, offline. Uh, so we, we used to do that as a thing. Um, and it was like various people in the industry. We had gotten enough buzz and I, I've been in a couple of places where they knew who I was. So I, I guess it was mostly that. Okay. Um, but we didn't really like have a conversation really that was like, hey, somewhere in 2018, we're going to make this thing happen. Like I pitched him to be on the show some years ago um, and it just never really happened. He's, uh, we still, busy. <laughs> he's amazingly busy and I'm still we still have to get him on the show. Um, but it kind of just happened and it was Same. it was great. to Yes. Yes. Uh, and it was great to be able to kind of, you know, go to kind of funny HQ and, and hang out with, with Joey and the rest of the crew and. And, and and just see the inner workings of this thing that has grown into such a big, big deal in a very small amount of time. But I mean, Greg has been known in the industry for a very long time, but like as an as an outlet, kind of funny is very new. Yeah, it's only a couple of years old, um, but it's super well known, and a lot of people watch it. And their Patreon is ridiculous and crazy, and yeah. doing a lot of <laughs> doing a lot of stuff. And it was just, it, it, I was like, wow, this place is way smaller than it looks like on TV. <laughs> which is cool, though, which is, like, super fun because it's, like, it gives you hope. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. as a person who started their podcast uh, at their kitchen table with, like, a snowball microphone and, you know, you know, make it, making it happen for as much as you possibly could. Yeah. Like, that was the way it worked. And, you know, now we're doing, now we're doing bigger things and i'm getting the ability to go do yeah exactly absolutely absolutely right like we haven't moved that we haven't moved that far from that kind of you know that kind of setup but it, it gives you hope to be like these folks have kind of grinded it out and have bust their behinds to make a thing happen we can hopefully do that stuff too if we put out good content um and then I then I just got on stage and we just rocked it and it was cool it was just a lot of fun greg is just like good people um we got a nice email from someone after the show that was like, Hey, I didn't know about your show. Um, I saw you on kind of funny, you know, I didn't know that there were people out here doing this kind of work. It makes me really happy to know that you're in this space. Thank you. And that was great. And I showed that email to Greg at GDC and we just looked at each other, nodded and was like, yep, keep pushing, you know, like keep it, keep trying to make it happen. Keep trying to do good stuff. Like, I appreciate the fact that they are just continuously trying to put out good vibes and positivity out into the world. And that's that's all you can ask for at this point. It's like you just want people to try to put out good, good content, positive stuff, make the world a little bit better and happier. And then, and then after that, then everything else is gravy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. You know, because it's, it's funny you bring up the fact that they've only been out for two years. Like, it doesn't feel like it's only been two years. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Um. You know, whenever whenever they talk about like, oh, we've only been like, and you know, it'll come up on you know a random show or like an aside, and you're like, oh, you know, I've been because I've been watching them since their you know IGN days and the spare bedroom and all that stuff. You know, like that was, uh, you know, watching them um, because it's an you know it's inspirational to see um, a bunch of people just work and fly by the seat of their pants um you know the, the whole dumpster truck on you know dumpster truck on fire you know mentality yeah. just going for it um it it is motivating for me 
um, yep. as, you know, just a, you know, a relatively small operation out of Connecticut, just being like, hey, you know, I'm just going to do my stuff um, and try um, to follow in his footsteps. Um, uh, I have also started to review food on a separate YouTube channel. Um, I review, nice. I review candy. Um, he did the Oreo oration. I, uh, I have a YouTube channel called Raising the Bar. <laughs> nice. candy bars um i started with the uh, reese's outrageous which by the way not all that great um <laughs> uh, in case anyone was curious not all that great you can go to my youtube channel for that but um super like the the one thing that i do know about greg miller um is that he has an insane amount of energy yes like so you are a, a bigger dude did he yep. almost knock you over with like his Kamehameha wave of positive energy <laughs> or were you able to like ground yourself and hold on? Like it, it was interesting. So like I made sure I got there, I got there like stupid early cause I was just like excited and, and really, really hype. Um, and I just like buzz, buzzed myself in and, and then, you know, went to go say, Hey, and we had a, we had a rapport and it was nice to be able to kind of just chop it up before the show happened because he's very like the thing I came away with was this very special level of respect for, you know, we're all grinding this thing out as much as we as much as we can. You know, you and I are a little bit older than Greg yeah. and started and started later than Greg and are trying to kind of, you know, all do the stuff that we all want to do in this space um, to see someone who has had all the success be so humble and still grindy yeah. is nice to see. Like it, it, it pulled, it pulled this very special, like, you know, I don't, I didn't put Greg on a pedestal before I met him. Um, cause I just like, we're all kind of just people doing this stuff, Yeah, but it was really nice to see him go from grinding it out, doing emails, setting up stuff, working on stuff in Photoshop that was going to be put on the air later, you know, like doing the small things that I do every day to try to push our show forward and to see that we're doing that same kind of work made me feel really good about the stuff that they're doing. It made me feel good about all the people who I know who are still pushing for whatever the dream it is that they have. And it was great to see him like transition from doing that work into the Greg Miller that we all kind of know and love on the, on his show. Um, and it, it it never felt forced, which is the thing I love about it. I was like, oh, you are this person in all these different angles yeah. and multitudes. And that and that part, when people are like, oh, Greg is genuine in the way that he is just a nerd, nerdy, nerdy dude who wants to do a lot of cool stuff. Like, that stuff comes through. And it was nice to see that um, just get, you know, put into, put into real spaces and, and, and have a real real experience with that. That was cool. Yeah, I, you know, I could tell that, – that's one thing that was neat. Like, I could tell that – I mean, you guys clearly had a rapport. It was great. I mean, you know what? For those listening, um, just – it's on their YouTube. Um, I would definitely – it's a it, this is a months-old episode, but it's certainly worth watching um, just so that, you know, I mean, now that I have introduced you to Khalif, now you got to – now you have to go consume his entire body of work. That's your homework. <laughs> that's your homework. Um and uh, go watch this video because, I mean, it'll give you an idea what we're talking about with this guy, Greg, uh, who, who does come up on my show a lot. I have a huge amount of respect for him. Funny story, I know his wife better than I know him. Um, yeah. Just by yeah, yeah. nature of the fact that she does video game PR. Um, yep. And so, uh, in fact, what's weird about it is the first time I met her, I didn't realize that she was her. 
<laughs> um, so like I was, she was like messing around on her phone and you know, one of those like pop socket things on the back of her phone, I looked at it and it had the kind yeah. of funny logo yeah. on it. And then I, and it like, I did the math, like, you know, that meme where like the dude's staring at the camera and like the math just kind of goes in front of it. Like that happened. And I was like, are yeah, you yeah, the yeah. Genevieve St. Ange? And she was like, yes, nice to meet you. And I was like, holy crap. Um, like it was the weirdest, I was super embarrassed, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't do it that way. Cause I didn't want to come off as like not respecting her for, you, you, you know, you try to not yeah, be yeah. a jerk. Um, I try really hard to not come off as a jerk. Um, but I, I, normally I make it through my wife questions it sometimes, but that's her job. Um, <laughs> so Khalif, you've got ribs and you got ribs going. Um, yeah. Um, so why don't we, I think our time is slowly fading cause I don't want to get you in trouble. Um, let's talk, um, let's say, uh, you and I are obviously best friends now. Um, yes. for any number of reasons, um, it's, it was pre preordained in the stars. Um, all of my fans are now your fans cause they have to be. So where are they going to find you on the internets if they want to? Uh, you can find all of the stuff that we're doing on at spawn on me at, uh, spawn on dot me if you want to check us out on the website uh, once we before we switch it over to where it's supposed to go uh, you can check us out on most of the places you can find podcasts so that's Apple uh, iTunes uh, Stitcher NPR one uh, overcast uh, you can check out our YouTube channel uh, and you can definitely check us out uh, over on Facebook and Twitter as well at spawn on me on most of those platforms as well um, and yeah, we, we do a lot of cool stuff throughout the year besides our show. Uh, we have a charity event that we do every Martin Luther King weekend uh, called Spawn for Good, which uh, where we try to tackle a, uh, a charity that a lot of folks don't necessarily um, uh, get a chance to kind of donate to. Uh, so we don't really we don't really do the kind of like St. Jude's uh, versions of of uh charity work we kind of focus on really hard social issues so we did some uh educational stuff about police brutality a couple years ago uh we focused on reproductive rights uh, a year after that uh foster care was one that we did as well so we're, we're trying to kind of spread out the kind of different different ways that gaming and charity can kind of work together sure. um and we usually do that every every martin luther king weekend uh, uh, when we have a, a chance to get it together and make it actually happen, so yeah, yeah. Uh, next better, one will be our fifth one. You better get planning, um, because that's that's not that far away. Yeah, in, we're, in, we're in actually event, trying to do a one before that. Planning time. Oh well, then yeah, you get you get, get on that. Um, please, by all means, uh, let me know. I will amplify and perhaps participate if I have the means to do so. Um, because I mean, we're best friends. I got to help you out. Um, yeah, we're, we're, the next one we're trying to do actually is is one that's going to be a little bit more fun um, because we're trying to do a voter registration drive. Oh, man. So so that'll be funky if we can get a chance to do that. We're trying to do it for the midterm election. So keep an eye and ear out for that, and then I'll, I'll bug you. Yeah, I'll bug you about that. Yeah, tweet, tweet at me. Shoot me an email. Um, I will gladly participate however I can. Um, so, um, folks, thank you very much for listening to episode 142 of Engage a Family Gaming Podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as uh, Khalif and I enjoyed recording it, although uh, that's a that's a tall order because I certainly had a whole lot of fun today. Um, <laughs> so next week, I will be back with Linda, who has been on vacation for a while. Um, she uh, and I are attending the Connecticut Festival of Independent Games, where I am a judge. 
and I will be um, where, uh, and so we will be talking about some of the, uh, it's specifically a board game show, Uh, so uh, we'll be talking all about the cool board games that we see there. I know there's going to be some uh, interesting things, um, most of which I cannot talk about, Um, but next week's going to be a fun one. Um, and Linda is back. She is uh, excited to talk about some of the cool board games we talked about. Um, what board games did I... Oh, I'm going to be talking about my impressions of Ticket to Ride New York, folks. Ticket to Ride Ooh. New York, um, which takes place in the 60s, not the 70s. My wife corrected me. Um, so, um, until next time, folks, this is Steven and my special guest, Khalid. We're signing off. You have a great day. And don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Did it. Did nice. It. Um, that was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.